everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition of the Great American Senior Show. I'm your gray-haired host, Sam Yates. And one of our previous episodes, we had the the opportunity to chat with Scott Schober. Uh, Scott is a cyber expert with an emphasis on senior citizens and keeping them safe. Scott, you have a book out. Tell us about the book. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on and coming back. Uh, I have a book out, Senior Cyber. And uh, certainly I'm delighted because it allowed me to do a lot of research and focus in on this underserved population. There's a lot of seniors out there, but there's not much information that can help them to stay safe when it comes to cybersecurity and using computers and smartphones and the internet. So I was delighted when I was able to actually write this book and my my brother co-author Craig helped me with this with a lot of the research and the writing. And so far it's been very well received as seniors delve into the pages and I get feedback like, hey, I never knew this or I'm applying this tip and I feel safer. Thank you so much. That's what we want to hear. We want to hear the feedback, whether it's good or bad, so we can continue to improve hopefully our writing and education, but especially to this valuable uh, audience, the seniors. 60 million seniors and growing. Everybody's getting older if they're lucky enough uh, to get older. So it's definitely there. If someone wants a, a, a copy of the book, Amazon? Yeah, Amazon's the best. Just go go on Amazon and simply type in Senior Cyber. It should pop up. And, and again, it's available in many formats, soft cover, hardcover, ebook, as well as uh, audio. And the book makes a great gift for all holidays, special occasions, or just to make sure that you're doing something good for another senior citizen. Give them the book. It's uh, It's something that you'll look back on and say, I'm glad I did that. So Scott, thank you for being here and thank you for writing the book. Let's check out emails. I mean, I see that happening every day with seniors, wherever I go, they're on their phone, checking their email, and they're probably being very vulnerable at that point because emails, there's a scam a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I often think about, physical mail. And I watched my mother-in-law when she was in assisted living facility. Uh, she was very excited to take her key, go down to the little lockbox, open yeah. it and get her mail each day. And, and two, with email, seniors get excited because they want to correspond. They want to stay connected to their loved ones. Um, they want to have access to the internet. But when that email comes in, I'm often giving cautionary flags and telling seniors, slow down. Do some investigation before you're too quick to open that email or especially too quick to click in case there's a phishing attack where a cyber criminal might be luring you to have a redirect to another website and fool you. And that's where the caution goes out. So when you see that message that uh, in the subject matter says, congratulations in all caps, or uh, it says American Express and it's A-M-E period, E. There's there's different little things. What are some of the, the giveaways? First off, if in, if in doubt, don't click. But what are some of the giveaways that you perhaps should look for before you click on that email? Yeah, great point there, Sam. There are certain tells. Um, well, probably one of the most uh, obvious tell, but we don't think about it because it touches our emotional side, is when it's attached to a sense of urgency. 
maybe it's about uh, it's tax time, perhaps, and we're filing for a refund. And something in the subject matter tells us you must do this within the next 24 hours. Right away, we go, ah, I got to do this. You're not thinking about the mechanics of what information you might be reading or what you might click on, because it might say, hey, you're going to lose your refund if you don't click here within the next 24 hours and verify your account. And for security measures, we're going to ask you a few basic questions. And a senior might say, oh, click. It redirects to another site. It looks like an IRS site. But to your point, maybe it's spelled slightly different, an extra period. It's uh, you know I, but it's really an L there. You can't see it unless you look really close and examine that URL at the top of your browser. They ask you for basic credentials. Maybe they even provide your name, Scott Schober, for your security. You know, here's the last four digits social security number. Please clarify and enter in your passcode for your last year's IRS refiling. And you look it up, enter it in. Guess what? They now take over your account, change the bank account name, and now the funds are redirected to the cyber criminal's account as opposed to your account. Simple things like that. But you can see that sense of urgency to your point is what fools the senior into going down that path. Or monitoring your money very closely. One that I've had several people point out is, gee, I got this uh, this email that said I had ordered something, and if I didn't click here to, to get your refund, red yep. flag. Yep, exactly. Red flag, stop. Um, there, there are thousands of scams. As I identified so many different scams, and I share a few of them in the book, some personally that my parents, my grandfather went through, that other seniors have gone through. So that way I have some pictures as well that will help steer through it. And really part of it's just education and awareness. Now you're applying, a senior's applying the wisdom they already have, but seeing some modern day examples of the pitfalls and what to avoid. And that's really what's important. That powerful combination will allow a senior to use email very effectively, but at the same time, stay secure and not fall victim to scammers. You know, Scott, one of the things that I like about your book, as you're reading through the book, and it's in very large print. So, you know, if I were not wearing my glasses, I probably could still read it. But periodically, you have a little pop out in the book itself that has tips. And it's almost like a little explorer sharing this extra information. Yeah, I I found that very important because sometimes if if readers are like myself, I don't sit down and consume a book cover to cover, but I'll pick a particular chapter. I'll read it. And what I think is important that if you read a chapter, you want to be able to have a takeaway or something actionable. Give me a tip or something that I can actually apply in my life and relate to. So I tried to weave that in throughout. The other thing I tried to do differently, other books that I've written, I'll have a glossary at the end that will define unfamiliar terms. Mm-hmm. What I've done here throughout Senior Cyber, when you come up to a term that may not be familiar, I try to define it up front and explain it in simple language So you get it and it makes the connection. That way you're learning in the process. You're learning the cybersecurity lingo. And that's important because you want to be able to, if somebody says it's a phishing attack, you might think about phishing with a phishing pole and a lure, and you'll understand a little bit different what a phishing attack is spelled with PH. So uh, trying to define that through the process is really education and building awareness for the senior audience. And I I really have to compliment you on the techniques and the First off, it's it's very well written, uh, but oh, those techniques, like you're just talking about there, uh, that is educational, and I think that makes this book probably one of the best 
And, and I, to be real honest, I haven't seen that many. It is the only one that had, has caught my attention. It, it's really unique. Yeah. I, and, and I think that's the similar. What I found is the little bit of information that's out there is, is rather dated. It's filled with tech jargon. And, it, and again, it talks down often to the senior audience, the reader, which to me is a big mistake. You need to be able to relate to your audience and share things that they can remember and relate to maybe growing up or thinking back on history. So it solidifies what they're learning in this process. Cause it's kind of a journey when you invest, somebody spends 10, 15, 20 bucks on a book, mm-hmm. they're investing in, in hopefully the author and this information so they could benefit from it. It's not just a book to, 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 you know, you read in the background and you throw it in the bin. I'm hoping that somebody can take this content and use it to make actionable changes to stay safer. A little bit empowerment, but more stay safe when you're using the internet, computers, smartphones, because cyber criminals are tough. They constantly are changing their game and trying to get our money, steal our credentials, ruin us. So this hopefully will be something that you can use to fight back against the cyber criminals and scammers out there. Yeah, I've uh, I enjoyed my book so much. I read it immediately when I received it, along with an activity book and you know, the little uh, the, the crayons and everything. It was just this is really a great package. And then I've gone back now and and read it a couple of different times, uh, picking up at different points. So it is very very good. Um, oh, good. When I was reading the first part of the book, it was talking about the COVID pandemic and the disinformation. That is something you also address in the book. Yeah, there is a lot of it. It's been, what, almost two years now, this dreaded pandemic. We're all sick of it. Unfortunately, hackers and scammers, cyber criminals, they all will use whatever is going on, the hot topic that maybe it's controversial or or whatever the case may be, but affects us all. And it has an emotional tie to us. In this case, the past two years of the pandemic, cyber criminals have been using that to their advantage because many of us myself included, have been concerned about health, not just of ourselves, but maybe we have uh, aged parents or grandparents that we want to be careful if we come around them. So we want to make sure that we get maybe vaccines or a booster or the proper protection so we don't infect someone else. And they've used these different types of scams to get us to compromise information, be it on a website, through email, through phone scams. So to me, again, those red flags got to go up and slow down when somebody's trying to get personal information from us or our loved ones when it's tied into whatever the hot topic, the COVID in this case, and that's a scam. Often it's a scam. So be cautious there. And I, and I have to be honest, uh, there was some unique twist in there. Part of my background was starting, creating and starting an urgent care network called America's Best Urgent Care. And one of the, the parts that was critical to that urgent care chain was telemedicine. So when you're writing in your book about how during COVID, there could be some scammer out there that's posing as a, as a doctor. And I was like, wow, never really thought of that. But that that does happen. Yeah. And, and, and it parallels very similar what's going on in this COVID pandemic world with many employees are working remote home offices. So when you have third party access from your home office into a company's computer network system, the, the biggest red flag is always 
how are they accessing it? Is it simply their name and password for a login, or are they using an additional layer of security, often referred to as multi-factor authentication or two-factor authentication, something else that will authenticate, yes, this is Scott accessing this secure network. Most of the breaches, if you analyze, if you go back in time, JP Morgan and many others, there was a third-party access, remote access into the computer networks, and they didn't have it enabled a multi-factor authentication, this additional factor that verified this person is authorized to access this. And that's often the problem. And that's the same thing going on here with telemedicine, remote access. People are accessing computer networks insecurely, and they're not using the security that's already baked in and there. It just takes a little bit longer, that extra step. And that's what I always encourage people. If you're accessing free email, Gmail or Yahoo Mail, if you're accessing Facebook, make sure you're using multi-factor authentication. Go to your security settings and enable that. And that that could be something as simple as a a password, a one-time password is emailed to you. Uh, The phone will ring and it'll provide you the password or it'll text it to you. SMS text will give you a one-time code that you could simply enter. Takes another 30 seconds, but it gives you that added layer of security that's so important to authenticate who you are and make sure that it's not a third party, a hacker trying to get into your account. When I first started having to do that, I forced myself to do it. I had to do it. I was like, this is the worst waste of time. But then as I've heard other people who are not doing it, getting hacked and uh, you know they're having big problems, you know, I, I don't mind taking that extra amount of time. It's not like I'm sitting there waiting for that dial tone to pitch up and you know connect me to the internet. It's like those were the days. But uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I heartily agree with you. If, uh, if anyone can take one thing away as far as being safe, it is that you know, to be to be multi, you know, uh, multiple checks, not multi checks, but multiple checks on your security. Now, very important. I think I always share, make sure you balance security versus convenience. Anytime you find you're you're shifting toward convenience too much, that's dangerous because now you're going to compromise your security. So I just try to put security toward the the top of the list, even though it may not be as convenient and you'll be making a more secure choice in the end. When hackers actually get into someone's system, uh, for the average senior citizen, it's probably someone trying to get into their bank accounts or others. But a lot of our seniors are business owners, and some of them are very large business owners. By the time a hacker is into a system and you know about it, typically it's too late. Yeah, and that is so true because oftentimes they get in, and they get in from a various um, number of means. It could be through the conduit through your Wi-Fi. Say you use a free public Wi-Fi and they perform a man-in-the-middle of attack and they fool you. That's one possible way. It could be from a pop-up ad that shows up. You weren't expecting it, but, ooh, that looks interesting. Half-price sale on you know this walker, and I was thinking of getting a walker. You click on that. When you click on that, it's actually downloading malicious software, also termed malware, that sits in the background on your computer. You don't see it. It's in a hidden directory, and they can remotely wake that up at a later point. And that could be used to do lots of different things. There's different strains of malicious software. It could be used to, um, it could be a keystroke 
type of malware where actually every type of keystroke that you put into your computer, you go to log on to bank XYZ, John Smith, password one, two, three, it records every keystroke that you do on there. And then later on, they'll actually email a text file and they can actually extrapolate all that information, parse it and use that to hack into your bank account and then change the login credentials so they take over your bank account and pull the money out. So if we start to understand just in, in at a higher level how they get in there and place malicious software on your computer, it helps us to be a little bit more cautious. So those, those cautionary flags continue to go out. And I try to step through some of those things in senior cyber just to alert users so they don't go down the wrong path and they could use precaution. Hackers, no matter the level, are constantly evolving. So what we're protecting against today is likely going to be something different tomorrow or next year. But those basics will hold true no matter what across the board. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's a great point, because if we think of something as some, something simple as a phone call, we might get a phone call and and I've gotten this personally, it's a call from your bank and they say, Hey, this is the fraud department. Um, I need to verify some information because it looks like your account may have been hacked. And before money's taken out of your account, we got to stop it. I just need to verify a few pieces of information from you first. And again, they're going to share a few things of information they already know about you that maybe they socially engineered or Google searched about you, what to break down your confusion or your questioning. And now you feel a level of confidence. They sound authoritative. They mentioned the bank by name. They mentioned personal information about me. They must be legitimate. And oftentimes what they do, as you mentioned, um, scams evolve. What they're doing now is they're buying different types of spoofers. You can buy an app so they can spoof a phone number. In other words, use it, make it look like it's the actual bank's phone number, 1-800-BANK-OF-AMERICA. That's what appears on your phone when you answer on your smartphone or your phone at home. And you think, well, it must be really the bank. But guess what? It's not. They're simply using an application to put the phone number of the bank. If you went on Google and did a search for Bank of America, you would see that same 1-800 number. So again, caution. We don't believe everything that we see because technology can be used for good or it could be used for bad when scammers and cyber criminals are using it. So I I, I try to, again, share some of those different possible scenarios just so people will stop, pause, and do a little bit of investigation. And I always say it's better to not respond and pick up the phone and call your son, call your daughter or a trusted party before you click on something before you give away any personal information or anything that a cyber criminal could perhaps use against you. Moving off of seniors for just a moment, one of the things that we're also seeing is that many of our younger generation who have gone out and posted things on the internet and done all sorts of things that they are now regretting, want to go back and undo that because they're getting into the employment market. Not exactly senior related, but address that a little bit. Yeah, that's hard. And it does affect all of us at different ages. I always say, don't be too social on social media, which Mm -hmm. is kind of ironic because the purpose of social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, all these different applications is to share pictures and where we traveled and about our family and stuff. When we put out too much information, that can be used against us often. I liken it to maybe a tattoo. 
if you get a tattoo, it could be somewhat permanent. There are methods and, and surgeries you could remove the tattoo, but probably underlying, there's always that little bit of a scar that's there. And that's what happens when information goes out on the internet. You can't exactly remove it. They can squelch it down and push it down in a Google search. They can't exactly remove it because there's what's called um, a digital footprint. We all have a digital footprint and there's a level of permanency. Once it's out there, it's out there. So if you're younger ones, especially, I always caution, if you're out there and you're at a a club or a bar or something else and a, a compromised photo is put out there, it may have a level of permanence. Use caution. You can't get rid of that. When you go to apply for your job at uh, wherever, NASA, the library, it doesn't really matter. And they see compromised photos when they do a search, they may be careful in hiring you or it may hurt you trying to get into college. You don't know. So again, be careful what you put out there on the internet. It could come back and bite you later on. Yeah, that, that's one of the first things that I do when I'm hiring someone is I do a social media check. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a form of a background check. And I've actually had um, you know, pending employees say, that's my personal private information. Why did you look on social media? And I was like, it's on social media. It's, yeah. it's in the public. So yeah. like, good, good point there. But you just hit on something that uh, is also mentioned in your book. And uh, again, we're, we're getting tight on time. And, and I'm, I'm going to ask you one more time to come back at some point in the future. And you're going to be going, oh, that's Sam again. Oh, man. But, uh, uh, love, love to come back. That'd be it's, fabulous. It's, I find it fascinating. But people do pass away. They no longer exist. But just what you just said, once it's there in that digital world, it's forever. Yeah, yeah. And, and that also helps us to appreciate, and I talk about this a little bit toward the end of Senior Cyber, putting some forethought into our future. As we get older, we, we obviously think about maybe uh, what are my kids or my grandkids going to inherit? It's not just from an asset standpoint. It also could be from a liability standpoint if we don't have a good cybersecurity posture in maintaining things. And that could be everything from organizing our passwords. And, and I encourage to do it old school. A lot of, a lot of the um, cybersecurity colleagues that I have often will jab at me or laugh at me and say, oh, you got to use a modern password manager to manage all these passwords and stuff. And there is a place for that. If you're able to manage a, a 200 plus passwords and you need to have that, you do need some discipline and have a good password manager or password vault. If you're somebody that's senior though, maybe you want to take a simple password book that you could write it down in. You could write it with notes in there, all on one page and take that and lock it up somewhere secure. I always recommend somewhere that has layers of security. And what do I mean by that? Maybe it's either a safety deposit box at your bank. It's not very accessible, or maybe it's a home fire safe that you have a key and you could lock that's locked in a a room or a locked house that has an alarm or your assisted facility, uh, assisted living facility might have a place that you could actually lock and store things like that, but keep it somewhere safe that you could still have accessibility to it. But the the thief or the roving eyes can't see that sticky note with your passwords to log in. I think that's important. With the era of digital currency, Bitcoin, whatever it, Ethereum, whatever it might be, passing away without sharing the information about your wallet or other or other could see 
hundreds of thousands of dollars just disappear. Yeah, Probably. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, something as simple as cryptocurrency. And again, I wouldn't necessarily recommend for somebody to get into cryptocurrency. Um, it really depends on their level of understanding and level of risk. Because when you buy cryptocurrency, you are now having something that is basically digital currency and has a level of anonymity not associated to you, but rather to a big, long um, digital wallet ID, to keep it in simple terms. So therefore, if the password to access that digital wallet is ever lost or stolen or hacked, there's no way to recover it. On top of that, and seniors will appreciate this, when you work hard for your money, you accumulate money and it's in a bank and that bank is compromised by maybe a physical robber, your bank account is SEC insured. So you're covered. When your cryptocurrency, your Bitcoin or Moderna or Ethereum, whatever the coin of your choice is, and there's thousands of, uh, of different types of cryptocurrency, there is no protection. You lose that logging information, it's compromised, your Bitcoins are stolen, you are out. There's nothing you can do. There's no easy way to get that money back. So I strongly discourage people to jump in the world of cryptocurrency, despite what you hear. If you have some extra money, you're, you're a lot safer investing in the stocks, I think, investing yes. in real estate, in, investing in maybe your grandkids, whatever the case may be. But, but be cautious. Try to avoid the world of cryptocurrency. And on top of all of that, there is a high, high percentage of corruption, uh, hacking, all associated to cryptocurrency. So unless you're dealing with it day in, day out and understand the risks, you might become a victim. Scott, would you come back and we venture into the metaverse? Yes, absolutely. I, I really think we've got a lot more to talk about, but I want to thank you again for being here. Name of your book and where it can be located. Yeah, absolutely. Senior Cyber, it's sold readily available on Amazon. Um, it's available in softcover, hardcover, audible, ebook, and it's also in bookstores as well, the Barnes and Nobles of the world and things like that. And we can also find out what keeps you up at night. Yes. Yeah. Simply go to my website, scottshober.com. And there's lots of articles on there, blogs, videos for my podcast series, What Keeps You Up at Night, and tips that you could download that are absolutely free. And there's a little button there. You can actually chat with myself, send me an email, and I'll be happy to answer any cyber questions that are burning on your mind. Scott, as we're talking, a little pop-up came up on my screen, on my monitor here, and it said, congratulations. AT&T has a surprise for you. I wonder if I should click on it. I would venture to say not. <laughs> ah, good advice. Good advice. Scott, thank you for being here. And we look forward to having you come back in the future. And again, if you have questions, uh, please direct them to Scott or send me a question. Uh, I'll be certainly in touch with Scott. and We'll have it as a, a future topic here on the Great American Senior Show. Looking forward to it. Great. Thanks. Stay safe. Very good. And I am Sam Yates your gray-haired host for the Great American...